Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Well, good evening, church. How are we? Are we good? Are we good? Are you sure? Are we good? (laughs) All right, I want to hear some passion tonight. I want to hear some vocal passion. I want to hear the passion overflowing through our mouth. So are we good? All right, there we go. We're good. All right, you can take your seats. You know, one thing that I love about our church is that, and this is us, right? One thing I love about us is that we've got so many cultures, so many nations just in this room, just in our church. And it was awesome because tonight I was talking to our our good friend Yongmun, YM, as we call him. Um, and I was telling him a story about my um, Korean cousin who actually comes to this church, about my cousin. And um, YM's like, how come I've never met your cousin before? That's so weird. And um, I was like, yeah, haven't you met him? Like, he's been coming for ages now. I can't believe you haven't met my Korean cousin. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, he's like so confused. He's like, what are you... What are you talking about? And I'm like, yeah, awesome, awesome. <laughs> you know, tonight's going to be awesome. Uh, all right. Okay, yeah. Nice. <laughs> it's all right, I'll laugh at my own jokes. That's all good. <laughs> you know, tonight I want to be talking on the topic of momentum, hearing from a lot of our young adults and emerging leaders in this church, and I wouldn't even call them emerging because they're already leading, right? And um, Pastor Cody, our youth pastor, preached an awesome message on pressing on. You know, in the momentum, it's about pressing on, and that's how we build our momentum. And Michaela talked about the passion of our momentum. To, in order to gain momentum, in order to gain somewhere in life, we have to have passion. And that's why tonight I spoke about, just at the start, our passion Tonight, I want us to be passionate about the message, about the worship, about our ministries. I want us to be passionate tonight. And um, tonight, the topic that I'm talking about is our struggle. And the title of this message, In the Struggle. How often in life we come across great momentum, and we get the momentum going, and it's, it's awesome, and we're reaching our goals, and great things are happening, but then the struggle comes, and all of a sudden, our momentum changes, right? Put your hand up here if you've ever driven on a beach. All right, most of us here. Who knows that if you're in a four-wheel drive, and you're driving along a beach, and you put your foot on the brake, what happens? You get stuck, all right? But the key principle in driving on a beach is momentum. Is it? I want to hear from you guys. Is it not? So our momentum is built by, you've got to step on the gas, man. You know, you've got to keep that momentum going. You've got to keep that acceleration. You've got to keep the wheels turning. Otherwise, if you stop, you're going to start struggling, right? And so that's the topic that I want to talk about tonight is what do we do in the struggle? What do we do when we try and get our momentum flowing, but it's just not happening because of the struggles in our life, whatever that may be, financial struggles, emotional struggles, family struggles, situations in our life that cause us to lose momentum. 
You know, I remember in a time in my life where I used to say what I want, I used to sleep when I want, I used to pray when I want, I used to worship when I want, whenever I got a chance. You know, but in life, the one principle that I've learned over this last year is that is that when, who, who knows in this room that, you know, if I just exercised, I'd probably feel better, right? Who, who knows that if, oh, if I just ate my greens and my veggies and I'd feel better, you know? Oh, if I, if I just got the right amount of sleep at night, I'd probably have a little bit more energy. I did some exercise that would definitely make the productivity of my day a lot better, but who knows that we don't, <laughs> Right? So we know these things, we know that we, there's these things that we have to do, we have to get in the grind of our day, but we, for some reason we don't do it, because it's, I don't know, there's something there that's stopping us, right? But all of this would actually change the quality of our life, but we don't actually do it. And you know, the first point I want to talk to you tonight is about the motivation the motivation. So motivation makes notes, I suggest you do, because this is going to be fruitful for your life. <laughs> you know, now, who here doesn't do all of those things? You know, who, I, I'm one of those people. Who doesn't do those things where it's like, oh, you know, if I just ate my greens? You know, but we for some reason don't do these things. Now, I don't need to tell you that those things matter. Right, you know that they matter. You know that if you did it, then it would be better for your life. But we don't do it, but we would all agree not right now that growing and doing something in our life to grow is important, right? We all agree, because that's the reason why we're here. we want to grow. We want to grow in our faith, we want to grow in our lives, and that's the reason why we're here, because we want to grow. And the thing is, we all know that the power behind all of this is motivation, and it's discipline. You know, there's something that happens when we just go all in. You know, we, we do this thing on the first Wednesday of the month, and it's called All In. And one thing I realized that, you know, over the last, I think, 12 months or something, you know, I talked about those things, I used to do this when I want, whatever when I want. But I met this person in my life, Vicar. And um, front door going, at 6 o'clock in the morning, going, get up, wake up, what are you doing in bed? Get out of bed, what are you doing at 6 o'clock in the morning? The day is fresh. Come on, let's go, hill sprints. All right, joggers on, let's go, runners on. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what, what is this? Does this time exist? Oh. And she's going, are you kidding me? What are you doing for your whole life? And so anyway, we get up there and we're, getting ready to run these big hills, and I'm at the bottom of the hill, yeah, oh, I guess, so what, two? Two hill sprints? She's going, okay, yeah, 15, let's go. What? <laughs> and that was a bit of a sh- and here we go, so we're running up these hills, running, 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 so we're running these hills, and I think the second time in, I'm like, okay, are we done? <sighs> anyway, so we get to about the fifth one, hearts going, 
you know, beaten, 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 sweat's pouring down. I'm drenched. It's, you know, 6, 10 in the morning, and I'm, like, drenched. I'm, like, I haven't even had a shower, and I'm drenched. And anyway, so we're doing these hill sprints, and I think it got to about 8. And then she goes, okay, well, you do the next two, that's it, we're done. Right? You don't have to do the next five. You just got to get through the next two, right? So there's a little bit of a carrot there. You can just, you know, finish in this, do that. So I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. So we do the next one. We've got one to go. I get to the bottom, and that's it. I'm on the ground, head up, uh, elevation for my legs. I get the blood flowing. I'm about to have a heart attack. I'm like, you need to call the ambulance because I'm going to die right now, right? And then anyway, so that all happened, and then I, I literally was vomiting that. I couldn't do it. That was it. I was done. I was dizzy. I was like, oh, that was my life. Done. I'm like, exercising, it's just not for me, right? Let's just move on. What's the next thing? Eat greens? I don't know. Um, or something. But who knows in that moment that that was my struggle? Who knows in that moment that I had to get through that, that bit of a speed bump? I had to get through that to get to the next step the next step, the next step, right? I had to get through the struggle. And I think we've been doing it for 12 months now or something, and I've lost 25 kilos. So, like, I've pretty much lost a person, right? I'm like a new person. <laughs> but that's the power of our motivation. That's the power of pressing on and going the next step and pushing on, you know? You know, when I talk about that all in, toes all in, (laughs) right? Who knows when they go for a swim, if they just put their toes in, they're not going to get far. (laughs) You got to go all in. You got to get in the pool. You got to get drenched. You got to get soaked. You got to get that water everywhere and you got to start flopping, flipping, slapping, whatever you got to do to get the other side of the pool. You got to do whatever it takes to to get there. You got to get all in. So tonight I want to encourage you. What is it? Start thinking right now, what is it in your life that you're struggling with? You just can't get momentum in. If it's a business decision, if, if, it's, if it's something in your life at uni or school or, or a relationship, whatever that is, just think about that right now. So when I struggle, I realize that King David in the Bible, he's, he had the same kind of struggle. Because we, we ask this question, you know, that, that what does God want from me? Right now, what does God want for me? And I realized that I was reading in the Bible, and it said in Psalm 8, 3 to 4, it says, um, in the message translation, it says, I look up at your macro skies, dark and enormous. Your handmade sky jewelry, moon and stars mounted in their settings. Then I look at my micro self and wonder, why do you bother with us? to look our way. You know, in that struggle that David was facing in his life, he, he, you created this world, you created this amazing, magnificent thing called earth, and you look at me and go, why, why me? What is it about me that you want, God? But what God wants when it comes to us or when it comes to you, it's simple. He wants you. When it comes to you, he wants you. He wants a relationship with you. 
He wants a loving relationship with his children. He, he wants us to take that vertical love and make it horizontal. Taking his cure and treating our fellow human beings with love and respect. Our connection with God, which is our vertical connection, needs to come and be horizontal. You know, when we ask that question, God, what do you want from me? It's so simple. He wants you. Just tonight, God wants a relationship with you. I don't know where you're at right now. I don't know what situation you're in. But at the end of the day, he wants a relationship with you. And I hope by the end of tonight, you'll be able to further that relationship. But the next thing is, love is absolutely the foundation of everything that God does. You know, 1 John 4, 8 says, says it outright, whoever God, because God is love. He created you so that he might love you, so that you might love him. Everything in scripture points this way. Everything that we read, everything that we look at in the Bible points as if our love is for him and then his love is for us. In my own Christian walk, I've mistaken my struggle to be from the enemy. How often can we walk in our, our life and go, oh, that's just the enemy. You know, he's at it again. You know, how last Sunday, um, Sunday night, who heard Michaela talk about all that, that statement, what was it? Um, if you just wait, you just wait. How good is that, right? There's that voice in our peripheral hearing that goes, you just wait. What if that doesn't turn out? What if that, but can I challenge you tonight? What if, what if that's actually God just shaping you? What if that's actually you stepping out of the boat and stepping into what God has for you? And in order for you to get there, you've got to be shaped. You've got to be mold. You know, who, who knows that scripture when the potter, he has the clay on the table and the table's spinning. But what happens if there's a rock on the spinner? Can't do much because the rock's pretty hard, right? But what he wants for us is a clay clay starting point, a clay foundation so that he can mold us, shape us. And it's about our identity being molded. You know, our struggle isn't there to, to tease us. Our struggle isn't there to confuse us. That's not the nature of our God. Our God is loving, like we just read in the Bible. He is love. Our, our struggle is there to shape us. Our struggle is not there to tease us. It's there to shape us. You know, the second thing I want to talk about tonight is having, we have to find our own flame, right? And that's what we talk about, this topic of passion, is that, you know, we have a value in this church, and it's called, his passion is, his passion is, right. So this, this topic of flame, you know, our, our momentum comes from the flame, from the passion in our heart. You know, that same flame I just said is our flame, but it doesn't come from someone else's flame. Our passion is our passion. We need to mold our flame and our passion. We're not called to be conformers to this world. If you've read your Bible, but it says we're called to be transformed. We're called to be transformers, not conformers, right? Now, our flame comes from God. 
It says in Romans 12 too, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove that God's will is good, pleasing, and a perfect will. How good is that? How good is that, church? You know, we're not, we're not in this world to conform to it. We're not in this world to, to conform to confusion or whatever that is. We look into our world and it's so vast, it's changing. It's, but what God wants is us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that's not a process that happens like that. But it's a process that happens over time. It says renewing, to renew every day, every moment, whatever that is, by his word as we as we drink it up and we eat of his word, it's going to transform our mind. You know, don't be a chameleon. Don't be a chameleon Christian. I was trying to work out a, a word that I could mold those two together. If you want to put that image up, you can. Don't be one of those, right? What do they do? They transform into every situation in trying to work out what, oh, the brown, oh, the rock I'm standing on is gray, so I'm going to be gray. Uh, the, the tree that I'm standing is green, so I'm going to be green. Right? That's not what we're called to do. We're called for the world to be transformed around us, not us to be transformed to the world. Right? Come on. Is that good? All right. I spent a lot of time in prayer to get that revelation, so I need a bit of appreciation in the house tonight. So too often we raise people up to be chameleon Christians. Uh, No, that didn't work. Too too often we raise people up to be chameleons, right? We we raise these passionate, zealous Christians with so much oomph and passion. I want to go out into the world and get it saved. Let's do revivals and all these amazing things. But something happens, and we've seen it all before, is when those people get out into the world, all of a sudden it's like a fridge. Who knows that the church is hot? Who knows that we get so much passion out of tonight, and, and whatever service we may be in, or whatever group that we're in in church, dinner parties, whatever it is, youth that we do here at church, but as soon as we walk out into the world, it's like a fridge. You know, what happens when you put a pot of boiling water, fill it and put it in a fridge, what happens? It goes cold. But what happens if I put a burner and I plug that burner in, put it under the pot, put that in the fridge, what's going to happen? It's going to conflict, right? That thing's going to conflict with the surrounding circumstances. The fridge is cold and the the pot's hot and and I'm on this journey where I'm trying to get hot, but I'm getting cold at the same time, and it's confusing, and I just want to break down. But, but what happens when we turn that fridge off? What will happen inside of that fridge? It's going to get hot. That atmosphere in that fridge is going to temperature, and it's going to get hot inside of that fridge. You know, that's like us. That's what we're called to do. We're called to the atmosphere around us is going to get hot because of our flame and our heat. You know, we need to learn to have our own fire. We need to learn to have and create our own fire. I believe that this is the place. Here, City Church, in the center of Maruchidor, we're called 
to learn, to come into church and learn how to get that fire. I believe that our church is the church where people are going to come, get a fire in their spirit, in their heart, and in their soul. The world and that fire will remain hot because that's what we're called to do. It's to send people into the world to get heated, not to get cold. You know, in other words, our fire is his fire. Our passion is his passion. Our fire is his fire. Where we get that fire from is his, his word, is his church. It's, it's, it's getting around other people that are going to encourage us not to catch their fire. Church, that's the thing. We can't catch other people's fire. We've got to catch his fire. Because that's what's going to sustain us. That's what's going to move us into the future. That's what's going to give us a new passion to do something in our ministries and in our, you know, our fire isn't isn't the person in the room's fire. You know, if Cody, if he's got an awesome fire going on and I'm kind of struggling to get my passion on and I see Cody and he's up here, he's jumping and praising and yeah, woo, ha. But if he's doing that and I'm like, oh yeah, Cody's got a bit of groove. I am going deeper. I don't even know the words, but I'm supposed to. If he's doing that and I'm like, oh, Cody, yeah. Hmm. Get a bit of groove on. Going deeper. That passion myself. I can't look at Cody and go, oh, those moves. I don't even know Cody. Oh, they're breaking out. Woo. But I've got to find those moves myself, right? I've got to find the fire myself. It's his fire. The next point I'm going to talk about tonight is build your faith on the rock. Build your faith on the rock. You know, in your struggle, whatever it is, we've got to find the rock. So what's the first thing we've got to do? Motivation. <laughs> first thing we've got to do is find our motivation in the struggle. The second thing we've got to do is find our flame. Third thing is we've got to rock. You know, when we are weak, he is strong. When we are sick, he is our healer. When we are broke, he is our provider. We need to build our faith on him, on the rock of our salvation. It's in him that we find all that we need, church. Every single thing that you need in your life right now is not found in McDonald's. I don't know, I just made that up. Maybe if you're hungry, but everything that we need is not found in anywhere else but in Him. You know, even if we are hungry, even if we are needy, whatever that need is, He'll provide it. I believe it. That's our faith. That's what we believe here tonight. Whatever we're facing to find our momentum in that struggle, in our situation, we need to find it in Him. We can't find it in anyone else. We can't find it, you know, Dave's not going to make my bank account turn into a million dollars. Well, he could, but I don't know. But I can't find that in any other person but God. If God has that calling on my life, he's going to make it happen, but I've got to find it in him. I can't find it in anyone else. You know, whatever, I've been praying and I've been believing, I've been seeking, I've been fasting, I've been hoping, I've been trying, I've been praying. But that's your problem. It's that you've been doing that. 
It's, that's you. That's the problem. It's not about you. It's about him. Church, let him do it. I was praying before the service and I was seeking God. You know, God, what is it? Give me a word for someone. Give, give me something. And I believe that for someone in t- here tonight, as I was praying, he revealed that there's someone here that God wants to, to break something in your life, but you're getting in the way. There's someone here tonight that you've been praying for a very long time for a breakthrough. You've been wanting God to push through in your circumstance, but you've been waiting and waiting and waiting, but you're the very problem. God wants you to step out of the way so that he can come in and he can heal that situation. I don't know who that's for tonight, but I believe that's for someone tonight, that God wants to come in and heal whatever situation that you're going through right now, but he's just waiting for you to step out and to move to the side so that he can step in and bring that healing, bring that breakthrough. I believe that's for someone tonight. Church, Jesus said, and I love the message translation here, and it, it, it really paints a picture for what, what it means to build our house or to build our faith on a rock. I just want to read this to you. It says, these words I speak to you are not incidental. Homeowner additions to your life. They're not incidental additions to your life. Homeowner improvements to your standards of living. They are foundational words Words to build a life on. If you, if you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on a solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado, nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. Goes on and says, but if you just use my words in the Bible studies and don't work them into your life, and you're like a stupid carpenter. Who bit, that's right, the Bible said stupid. I thought that was pretty cool too. Stupid carpenter who built his house on a sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. When Jesus concluded his address, the crowd burst into applause. Burst into applause. <laughs> Woo! Burst into applause. Yeah, (laughs) we could do that all night. That's kind of cool. It was apparent that he was living everything he was saying. Quite a contrast to their religious leaders. This was the best teaching they had ever heard. Now, that's such a powerful illustration because he wasn't just getting up there and saying this stuff. You know, he wasn't building his house on the sand and then getting up and saying, oh, I've got this house on the rock and it's not going anywhere. But he was getting up there because he was living that out. That was the core foundations of his being was that he had his faith on God and the things but in God. You know, I find it ironic that this crowd of people that were listening to this story that Jesus had to, to, that was, he was telling, I find it interesting that it was the best thing that they'd ever heard. How good is that? That these people that had been listening to rubbish, to whatever that those religious people had to say and were trying to say, well, you'd, if you just, you know, did this and did that and whatever, then you'd probably get a bit of faith. I don't know. But I find it ironic that 
When Jesus came to bring truth, that, that was the best thing. How good is it that when we hear truth in our life and hear something that is truthful and from the Bible, that's probably all we need. And if probably not probably, but it is all that we need. God wants you to build your faith on Him. God wants you to have a foundation in a rock, not in a beach, right? Because that beach stairs. Right. <laughs> you know, so in closing tonight, you know, momentum doesn't come from sitting at home watching Netflix, eating potato. I'm sure that that's quite enjoyable, but it's not going to get momentum in your life, right? I found that out quite quick. But before we go any further, I just want to show you a bit of an image that might capsulate what I'm trying to say here. One more. Help me get one more. That was a true story, right? That this guy, he was in a war zone and he chose not to go, uh, I don't want to ruin the movie, but you need to go see Hacksaw Ridge if you haven't seen it. But he chose that he wouldn't go into battle with a weapon. He chose that because of his Christian beliefs, he wasn't going to kill anyone and that he got enlisted into the army, that he would go in and he wouldn't use a weapon. And he got into that battle zone and he had a calling from God in that moment to go in and rescue those people and that just one more, just one more. And he came back, God, is this you? Is there one more? Yep, let's go, one more. And you know, in that active battle zone, there's bombs flying, limbs flying, things going everywhere, that he would have the courage to go in there and to drag all those men out and I think 70, 75 men were saved and are still, well, I don't know if they're still alive, but all those 75 men, and I don't know if you could see, it was pretty dark, but it was a massive ridge and he had to lure them down from a rope. And then these people were being piled up at the bottom and they didn't know where they were coming from. The soldiers that were down there ended up finding them and then were sending them off to hospital. And they didn't know where these bodies were coming down from the side of this massive cliff. And they were getting hospitalized and helped because this one guy had the courage. He had the momentum. And he kept going and kept building. And all of those people had to, got to keep their life. What's your one more tonight? In your situation, in whatever it is, in your struggle... What's your next step? What's the one more in your life? You know, in my fitness goal, next step, I couldn't just go, okay, don't worry about it. I'll just keep living my life. I had to push through and ask God, Carl, what is it? What's my one more? Is there one more to go? And God's there. He's so close. So close that he can speak to you in that moment and say, Tim, that's your one more.
go. Go for it. Katie, that's your one more. Go for it. That's your one more, Emma. What's your next step? You know, but it's up to us tonight. Do we believe it? It's up to us tonight to know that our God is for us. He's not against us. I just want to finish off by reading what he writes his really friendly message. I quite like it. He says, Dear friends, do you think you'll get anywhere in this if you learn all the right words but never do anything? Does merely talking about faith indicate that a person really has it? For instance, you came, you come upon an old friend dressed in rags and half starved and say, Good morning, friend. Be clothed in Christ. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and walk without providing so much as a cup of soup. What does it say? A cup of soup. Where does that get you? God talk without acts in outrage acts is outrageous nonsense if we can have the talk but not the walk then what are we really walking in you know this person he had nothing and yeah come on just be filled with the holy spirit and you can do this but the fruits weren't saying it in his life we can't be christians that are like that we have to be Christians that are filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can provide those actions that aren't outrageous nonsense. You know, tonight we heard a pretty hard-hitting message. And if you're here tonight and there's a, there's a battle that you're facing, there's a struggle that you're in, you know, I believe God can turn that around right now in a single moment. I believe he can give you clarity in whatever it is that you need clarity on. I believe that God can move and do wondrous things tonight. But it's only up to you to accept that. Church, are we willing to accept that tonight? And when I ask this question, I want to put you I want you to put your hand up so I know who I can pray for tonight. Church, do you have a struggle and are you willing to accept his presence tonight. If that's you, why don't you just lift a hand and I'll just pray for you. If you're willing to accept his presence, why don't you just lift your hand tonight and I'll pray for you. And as hands are going up, God, I just thank you right now. Your presence is upon those people that, that God, that you're revealing to them futures that are amazing, that are bright, God, that you're revealing to them, whatever that may be, God, I pray that that would be tattooed on their heart. Tonight would be a foundational night, a moment that they would step into their future and step into their full potential in your mighty name. Amen. Repeat after me. I have momentum in the struggle. Nothing is against me, but you are for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, why don't we just lift a shout out to God and how good is he? Awesome. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.